Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome to this Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. We're on 101 ESPN, and we are on YouTube today. Uh, I want you to uh, rank my outfit. Uh, it's like, do you love my Luke today? Your fit? Because um, for the first three days of us being on YouTube, I've tried to match my eyes with my outfit. Sure. And then I put it up on my Insta. Uh-huh. I'm like begging for likes. No doubt. But today, I got black. Yeah. So what I'd say about the black shirt mm. is right now you're summer Tim and you're uh, you know, fresh back from a, from a coastal city. So you have a nice tan going on. Do I really? Do I really get tan? Tanner than I. And so... Uh, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily... Like, like my wife is of Italian-American. Right, you won't get she there. Puts, she puts oil on when she goes to the pew. Well, ugh, what's that? Um, and I'm putting like a 30 block on. Ooh, so I least. can't imagine I get tan. You're certainly tanner than you are in the winter. Yeah, right, and right, so right. it comes off the black shirt really nice. And then it also okay. accentuates the beard really nicely. Is that right? Yeah, because it kind of all blends in together. Yeah, right, really? And then the gray hat is just perfect. Wow. Look yeah. at you. Yeah. I mean, I am a, uh, a slave to fashion. I do. Uh, it is a thing I am always interested in. And so, uh, yeah, full marks for you today, Tim. Thank you so much. Uh, first text I read, balloon party is garbage. That's from the 1007. Uh, no, it's at scented 1007 from the 314. And then the text that was sent in before, Randy has a week back. From, I'm reading from this gentleman's account. Sure. And then Randy, the ketchup is there for kids, mustard only. Oh, and my understanding is... The topic of discussion on the opening drive was chastising Brooke for the fact that she enjoys ketchup on hot dogs. And that is where the text history from this particular gentleman, who's not a big fan of the program, is coming from. This ketchup on hot dog discussion. Jackson, let's say you get a hot dog. What do you put on it? Just so I can see where this is. If I have a full stack of accoutrements... Or as we like to say, fixins. Fixins, uh, yeah. soppins and fixins. Yeah, if I have a full array of soppins and fixins, and this might start World War Three here, but I'll go ketchup, and then sometimes, and I've done it before, and it's really good, I might throw just a, a dash of mayonnaise on there. Wow. What a moment. This might be worse than thinking that Petrangelo played for the Oilers. Well, I my if you remember my original thought was the Knights, but I was thrown off the scent. Um, but yeah, so like ketchup idea, ketchup is always going to be on the dog. Um, usually some sliced up onions too, and then if they have mayonnaise available, I'm not afraid to use it. That's my credo. I'm straight mustard, homie. Yeah, I mean, I get it. If it, I won't do yellow mustard because I feel like it overpowers oh, your any gray dish. Because of Ladue. Gray pepon, maybe a spicy brown, uh, deli mustard. No calories in mustard, by the way. So, uh, you know, if you're looking to yeah, have, that is true. Have a light dog. You know, maybe you do opt for the mustard, but yellow mustard I feel overpowers because of the vinegar. Overpowers almost any dish. So maybe like a muted Dijon. 
muted Dijon. Yeah, like a subtle Dijon. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. so sophisticated. What a palette you must have, boy. The details are in the margins, Tim. Spicy brown. Mmm. That's from the 314. That's it's the nice. Air text. Comfort Service text line number is 314-399-9646. Save it in your phone. You know, on TMA, uh, which will celebrate its 19th birthday on July 26th, and I know a lot of you listen to it, uh, we have the texters' names, most of them. I'd say, what do you say, 80% of the yeah, names are saved? A lot of contacts, yeah. And so I can go to and I can see if a certain person texted. I know before I even read the text that there's a good chance it's going to be quality, for right. lack of a better term. Right. Now, it might be cutting. Sure, sure. It might cause me to have more billable hours with my therapist that month. No doubt. But as far as the reward for the audience... There'll be upside there. Mm-hmm. Here, for the most part, minus a name like Marsh's Burner, I don't. We don't have the the names, and I wonder if that can change on here. But I don't want to come in. As, I feel like we're we're not really. We're kind of guests here for an hour. We yeah. kind of bridge the gap. Like right. Randy said, I don't want to do four hours, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially. And they're like, Hey, Tim, you kind of do a nitwit show in a closet. Do you mind doing an hour? I'm like, Ah, oh, sure. Yeah. So I don't feel like I should come in here and change any policy. Right, and I hear you on that. And uh, I know on TMA, the the name of the texture is is almost half the battle. It's like the opportunity for creativity. And uh, I think people here are just you know chiming in, giving their takes. And so it's a little bit different in that regard. But uh, I do see value in giving textures names. It's really funny. Like we have some great text names on TMA, and so. Uh, there is. So you would be able to go in and give people the names they wanted should they want a name. Sure. Because yeah, we are using the same software on 101 ESPN as we do on TMA. Correct. Yeah. But I don't know. I say I don't want to come in here. This is, we're That's guests here. That's the thing. We're guests. Like I, I kind it's of. It's like 101 uh, ESPN is like Airbnb from 10 we to are. 11. Yeah. Yeah. And we leave reviews. You know, we leave a review, they leave a review, and uh, hopefully we can rent again. Uh, John Denton is going to be with us for the first time on our Airbnb. Uh, we think it might be 1035, but he is flying into Chi-Town stand-up. Yep. And so whenever he lands, he will join us. I gather he is uh, flying into Midway. I was there on Saturday night. As we had some uh, flight issues coming out of Savannah, Georgia, and uh, we're supposed to be on a nonstop back to St. Louis, but alas, uh, it did not work out that way and got a chance to uh, see Midway, and wow. It's beautiful. That's got to be one of the worst. Uh, it's up it? there. It's probably up there. Yeah. I mean, being honest, the one right off Highway 70 is up there. I assume you're talking about Kansas City or Denver, because if you start talking bad about my hometown, especially as a city resident, not not you, uh, we're probably going to have a problem in here today. And for, we might have a problem then because no. that, that one's certainly up there. Uh, I don't know, maybe people... We have two baggage claim carousels. Right, and they're what do you think, so robust. What uh, do you think LaGuardia has? Uh, have you ever been to the Newark airport? I have been to the Newark airport. Rough. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's certainly some bad ones out there, but uh, Midway is right up there at the top. Stunning. That's a tough one. O'Hare's a lot nicer. Uh, so John Denton will join us from one of those Chicago airports. Stephen Matt's on the mound tonight. Uh, we'll have the Little Piddles. It's another half and half. Yeah, you know, so the thing about the half and half is there's so much opportunity. It's like a blank canvas. You know, I put the half and half out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to fuel the conversation. There's so mm. many different options when it comes to it. And right now, the sports business arena isn't as, as 
robust as it usually is. So I want to do a sports business newsletter, but I don't want to just force it. Good, so, I respect that. I and no with the with Cardinals, that. we're coming down the deadline. They're in the midst of a winning streak. I feel like you need some relevant Cardinals questions in there, too. So that's why I went with the half and half. Uh, and then tomorrow, of course, is a tradition unlike any other. It's the six-shooter. Yeah, the six-shooter. Uh, so the Cardinals win again yesterday. I was, I'm sitting there. I'm outdoors. Uh, and I'm like... I'm I'm finding myself emotionally invested. It's good. And then I'm going, but they're 10 games out. I mean, what am I doing? Everybody in the Central won yesterday. Yeah. Uh, So no ground gained, but the Cardinals beat a team with an above 500 record, three straight. They sweep the Marlins. Dakota Hudson started. Now, granted, it wasn't like it was the Dakota Hudson game, but he got you three innings and you beat Sandy Alcantara, getting four on him in the first inning. Does this alter the mindset of you, the listener, Mm. on how you view the trade deadline. Benjamin Hockman this morning in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch discusses something that uh, we've been touching on uh, both here on Balloon Party and on TMA the last couple of days. And is it a case of do you see if you can lock up Flaherty uh, or Montgomery beyond this year. Now, he didn't take it along the lines of a contract so much as uh, give him a qualifying offer. So then that way, if they reject it, you have a a compensatory pick. Mm -hmm. I like the idea. I continue to like the idea of trying to lock up Montgomery at at this moment. Right. Now, you know, he's older than Flaherty by a couple of years, and he might as a Boris client, um, but you don't have to be a Boris client to want to wanna hit the jackpot, but this might be it, right. 31 years old, Yeah, where you go, this is my chance, and I want to test the market, especially with having the seventh best ERA in the National League, which is tied with Zach Allen, as Benjamin notes in his column, uh, I'm, I could wind up getting some absurd amount of money. Why wouldn't I want to test the market? Absolutely. Like you said, it's probably his last chance for a sizable contract, and so it makes total sense why he would want to test the market. So Hockman actually leans more toward seeing if something can be done with the qualifying offer with Flaherty, which would likely be, in his estimation, $20 million in his column. I would be surprised... Again, now we're operating on the premise for the purpose of this trade deadline discussion with the Cardinals and Flaherty and Montgomery. If Flaherty is still in the same realm in which he has pitched over his last seven starts at the end of the year. In other words, that there aren't some blow-up starts between now and the end of the year. So that's that's what we got to enter in for the purpose of the discussion. If I'm Jack Flaherty and I know I've got a shoulder situation, I don't know why I would take a one-year deal. And it, and it kind of doesn't matter within reality, because of course if it was a billion-dollar one-year deal, but within regards to reality, if you can get nine figures, yep. uh, why sign a one-year deal? That would be my thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, I don't know if my stock could ever be higher than it is right now. I'm going to take my my self to the market and get a long-term deal now and not sign a qualifying offer. That would be my thought process on it. Point being, in both cases, as much as I'd like to see them lock in Montgomery in particular, actually, but this is me talking in, in what I think they could possibly get it done. And maybe Montgomery's going, I'm going to get a five-year deal and $125, million, dollars So, right. you know, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, because leading to current day discussion, 
if Montgomery and Flaherty are gone, and possibly Hicks, but but let's focus on the starting rotation. If they're both gone, nothing really matters with the Cardinals putting together a winning streak. Yeah, right. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't I don't think Michaelis, Matz, Wainwright, Dak Hudson, yeah. Libertor, whatever may, minor league arm who's a triple A, they may get back, you know, a lot of talk about the Cardinals and Yankees potentially being trade partners, are gonna get the Cardinals from here to you know, I don't know, a forty and twenty record right. that's gonna get them potentially that's not even sure, that's ten games above five hundred. Yeah. Uh to win the National League Central because there are eight teams ahead of him, if I'm not mistaken, in the wild card. Nolan Arnato himself said that uh, it, it's not likely they're winning the wild card. they got to win the division. So you see what I'm saying? So then if that is the case, I shall continue to build upon this hypothetical for my premise. Then if that is the case, then at that moment, anybody who you don't see as a member of your long-term future, and I say long-term and I go beyond 2024, should be in play. Mm -hmm. And then that gets me to Paul Goldschmidt. Now, the discussion can stop and start with Paul Goldschmidt being willing to go because that's where it is. If Goldschmidt says, I'm not going anywhere, it doesn't matter. Right. But if he is willing, then I think it's something you have to entertain. Oh, absolutely. You at least have to hear offers. Right. I'm not saying you just got to do it. Right. But it's something that you have to entertain. Yeah. Because if Flaherty and Montgomery go, 2023 is off the table. No doubt. I will look at my investment on my wagers as being dead money in the pot. And then at that point, I think you have to consider Goldschmidt. Now, everything John Mazalak has said has been about 2024. But, God, for what you could get from him, and he's raking, and he's a free agent after next year, and he's at the age he's at and you have to do what you have to do in order to get back into contention, and I'm talking about having to bring in three pitchers, because again, when the Cardinals say we need three pitchers, they're counting Steven Matz as one of the two yes. they have. Yes, they are. It just seems like you got like a 50-foot putt, oh, is yeah. my point. Right. But at the same time, they're 10 back. I, you can't go, well, they got a chance. Of course they have a chance, you can't base your business decisions over the next 11 days on that which is essentially about a 6 or 7% chance. Now, for the record, since I keep updating this, the Cardinals are now plus 1,100 to win the National League Central. Mm. Four days ago, it was plus 2,500. It's moved precipitously, even though they haven't really gained all that much ground. Right. They've just been winning ball games. Uh, your thoughts on that question? Please text it in. We'll read those on the other side of the break. John Denton coming up, we think, at 1035. Yeah. It is confirmed. It is confirmed. Yes. Uh, so that is coming up as well. Looking forward to getting his perspective on this. I, I haven't had a chance to talk with him here in a couple of weeks, so I'm anxious to see what he thinks about it. Uh, that is coming up as well. The program is called Balloon Party. It airs on YouTube and on 101 ESPN. And it's driven by Muggin at St. Louis Acura on Toyota. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. John Denton of MLB.com will be with us coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, the question that I posed to the audience was what, Jackson? This is a comprehension test. Oh, boy. Mother. God bless. We talked about a lot of stuff. I can't. I can't. I can't. You a war ball to throw? Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of 
I'm kind of parched, so I don't want to throw it. That's a good call. Um, there's something. I'm. Is it the Goldschmidt? Possibly trading Goldschmidt. We talked about a lot of things. I have attention deficit disorder. Sometimes I know I that's why. That's why. I failed. Yeah. To com- I, I failed. It's like I'm having a long conversation with my son, who's yeah. five. So really, I probably shouldn't be doing that anyway. And then I'm like, okay, what I just say? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> we can share that. Uh, let's see what we got here on the question posed with regards to your mindset on the Cardinal trade deadline, specifically uh, Montgomery and Flaherty. Uh, I'm glad with uh, someone agrees with me on Goldie, even if it's buffoon party. If the Blues can trade Ryan O'Reilly while being in a better spot than the Cardinals, than the Cardinals who have no prospects in their system, I would respectfully yeah, disagree, disagree with that. With that yeah. uh, but perhaps from a pitching standpoint, there's a concern that that's where I would I would go. Should consider selling Goldie unless he's willing to sign an extension with a hometown discount ASAP. I just am not sure I would want to sign him to a, an extension. No. No. Okay. So, well, you immediately you say no on signing him to an, like you're instantaneous. You insta shipped that. No, because you would be putting. I mean, this is. I mean, I don't want to say like because obviously Paul Goldschmidt, who's won an MVP, is in a different place than Matt Carpenter. But we've seen what you do with aging guys who are obviously power, or double, you know, extra base hit power, and that just sometimes doesn't work out when you. I mean, they have Luke and Baker sitting down there, and then Jordan Walker could possibly make the move. Yeah, I don't. I personally wouldn't want that. You're going to sign a 36 year old guy. Like, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't be there at this moment, right. personally. But I do think that if you are, here's my the premise. Okay, listeners, they cycle on, they cycle off. That's that's the model, Jackson. You Indeed. know, this, this isn't a pod. TMA's podcast. We go for 90 minutes. Cycle on, they cycle. Here's my premise: If you are going to trade both Montgomery and Flaherty, which my belief is. Is it's likely uh, Derek Gould, as we've cited that podcast with Jason Stark, said he thought it would be one or the other. But if you are going to trade both, then at that point, any chance that the team may feel mm-hmm. that they can mount this charge, continue winning mm-hmm. for a sustained period of time, becomes, I don't want to say impossible because that's not realistic, but ridiculously unlikely and then if that is the case then to me if you don't have somebody locked up beyond 2024 uh, then they're up for grabs at the trade deadline which therefore leads me to the paul goldschmidt conversation which of course can stop and start if goldschmidt is saying yeah I'm, i'm not going anywhere my family's here i'm here and happy and I don't want to go anywhere at this point in my life and I would be interested in saying listen just because we might not think it's a good idea for the Cardinals to sign an extension they have done it before with Mm -hmm. players uh, and I certainly I wouldn't rule them out doing it for the record I just at this point wouldn't it depends on the length of the extension sure would guess they would look at two years I would guess anything more than that but he might who knows man as Matt Holliday said on the fast lane you don't know what he wants to do yeah right I mean, he might be going, well, we know he's good financially, yeah. but he might be like, yeah, I'm just, you know, my kids are young and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to yeah. do it anymore. I don't want to beat up my body anymore. I don't want to be away from home. I, I don't know. You don't know what the person mindset is. But my premise is I just don't think dismissing trading Goldschmidt out of hand 
is the right approach. Mm-hmm. That's my overall. If you are trading Montgomery and Flaherty, right. because it, at that point it just becomes virtually impossible to do that which m- may be virtually impossible anyway, which is win the National League Central or yeah. somehow win a wild card. Nine and a half back wild card, but eight teams are ahead of them. Now there's three wild card spots and then 10 back on the National League Central. Yeah, I mean, if you get rid of the Flaherty or Montgomery, like what if, you, if you're jettisoning pitchers, then it would also make sense to possibly field offers for Goldie if you're getting really good return on them. If you're going to get good return on them, it's going to be unlikely that 2023 is a possibility, but 2024 still very much could be even without Paul Goldschmidt. So I think you have to entertain offers, even regardless of what you do with the pitching staff. If you trade Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty, you're not going to get anything back that's going to help you or be on the opening day roster for next season. You want Keith pitching back in a trade. I apologize. That's just what the audio correct most likely sent. Uh, in a trade, you're going to have to give up something significant. I would go to Paul Goldschmidt and ask him where he is uh, at with remaining a Cardinal after his contract is over and then consider trading him this offseason based on that answer because Nolan Gorman can replace his power. Uh, I, I have to just respectfully disagree with that. I don't think Nolan Gorman has the sample size to be somebody I would hitch my wagon to. And to me, if you're going to, I see what you're saying, but if, if you're going to part ways with Paul Goldschmidt, it's kind of like the Soto situation. Mm-hmm. Mathematically, from a contract standpoint, it is. Right, yeah. Soto had a half year and then the full year under contract with the Nationals when they dealt him to San Diego last year. And that year of control had value in, you know, a PL if you're the Padres as you're building out the deal to do with the Nationals. Same thing with Goldschmidt. And by the way, it can be attractive to a team that a player is under control, but only for a year. And the one that I'll continue to throw out, even though there has been no one say there's anything to it, is I think one of the best moves the Cardinals could make is to trade Wilson Contreras. Mm-hmm. I've I feel so strong. I think it could be one of the most significant moves they could make as far as offloading somebody in the organization's history. And I know that sounds like me and Dan Orlowski got together before the show <laughs> and said, let's one up each other today with hyperbole. But so help me. I feel that strongly about it. Yeah. Um, and that's not because I'm like, I don't like the guy. It seems like he's a hell of a competitor and the kind of guy you would want on your team. But you signed him to be a catcher. And at the moment, he is a DH in his 30s. And you are committed to him for a long time, considering what he's going to be doing. And like I keep going back to the Cardinals offloading Alan Craig uh, in 2013. I thought that was a great move because they knew they had a declining asset. And I'm not saying they're going to do that because nobody has said anything about it. Nobody's right. even talking about it. I no. think outside of me and everybody's going, it's not going to happen. I get it. It's not likely. It's not like a team's like, oh, you have somebody you don't want. Let us give you something for it. <laughs> right. I realize the Cardinals would have to make it really attractive to do it. But uh, that would be the move if you're looking beyond 2023. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that he's been raking in July, I mean, from a timing standpoint for the trade deadline, the fact that the Cardinals are winning mm-hmm. is, of course, one conundrum. But in order to win, you have to have guys performing, which means from an asset value standpoint, a lot of these stocks are peaking at the right time because yeah. it's going to force opposing teams to buy at a higher level than they would have had to a month ago. Let's see what John Denton has to say. He's going to join us on the other side of the break. You are listening to Balloon Party, driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN, also on YouTube. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. The program is presented to you by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the show... John Denton of MLB.com. John, you just landed in Chicago. Jackson and I were taking wagers on what airline you used. I'm going to go with the non-Southwest flight. I'm saying you're at O'Hare. Jackson, you're on Midway. Yep. Okay. What do we got? Well, I'm a Midway guy, Tim. Uh, I don't like any airport where you have to take two trains to get to the rental car station. That uh, O'Hare is a little much for me. I'm more of a Midway guy. Yeah, I was at Midway on Saturday as well. Not the most aesthetically pleasing airport, but perhaps efficient. Yes, yes. Uh, I go for efficiency on the road, no doubt. Uh, John, I'm looking forward to getting your perspective on all of these questions that we are going to be uh, getting answers to here over the next 11 days between now and the trade deadline. Let's start with this one because it, it takes into account the fact that the Cardinals have won eight of their last 10 offensively. They really have been raking as a lineup throughout the month of July, but uh, pre-All-Star break weren't really able to turn many of those offensive outbursts into wins, certainly in Miami uh, being one of the biggest examples. So with that said, do you think the five-game winning streak potentially changes the sell mindset in any way? Well, you know, John Moselock said it would not change it, but I, I don't tend to believe that. I, I think in this town in St. Louis, where there are, you know, probably 2.5 million tickets already sold, where there's an expectation to win every year, including this year, I think if, if this thing keeps going, I think there could be a change of heart. You know, I think they could look to add a piece, maybe add a couple of bullpen pieces that would help this year and next year. Um, do I think they're going to trade an outfielder? Yes. Do I think they're probably going to trade either – Jordan Hicks or Ryan Helsley, yes, um, but but I I think there there could be a shift back to this season instead of just next season because you know in, in this town you're expected to win in St. Louis and you know that doesn't change. I know the odds are, are unlikely that they're going to win this division, but you know in the NL Central you're never out of it, and you know the, the Cardinals are playing better. If they keep playing better against the Cubs and Arizona, then I'll be a full believer. Uh, you know, they beat up on two teams that are kind of reeling right now. If they can do it uh, over these next, uh, well, they got the Cubs eight times in the next 11 yeah. days, and they got three at Arizona. So you do it over these next 11 days, I think there will definitely be a shift in, in thought. Arizona trending in a good direction, uh, beating the Braves last couple of nights. So that could be a fine test in the middle of next week before seeing the Cubs again. I noticed you you mentioned trading an outfielder. I think most people expect that. I would imagine a guy making his uh, reappearance tonight in Chicago, Tyler O'Neill, would be the odds-on favorite at the moment. And then potentially trading Helsley or Hicks. Uh, that wouldn't surprise people either. But I noticed you didn't mention uh, Montgomery or Flaherty. And to me, from my standpoint, John, 
if you trade one of or both of them, it makes any chance of performing the miraculous comeback, which is about a 6% chance in winning the National League Central. Uh, it gives those odds even uh, a longer shot because of the team's need for starting pitching. At the same time, it would certainly be understandable if they did. So are you thinking there is a chance they hold on to both of them? I think there's a chance that they they trade one and hold on to one. Okay. Uh, if, so if you do think well, you do think one is likely to go? I, I think one of them could go. You know, they they've both told the Cardinals that they want to be free agents. That they're you know, uh, Jordan Montgomery has even said, "Hey, they had their chance last you know during this all season. Nothing happened. We'll see what happens in free agency." That was his exact words. Uh, you know, Scott Boris is his agent. He likes his clients to go into free agency and maximize their dollars. Um, I think, you know, I think they know that uh, it's going to take a lot of money to sign uh, Jordan Montgomery. I think they've got a little better shot with Jack Flaherty because they have more history with him. I think one of the two will probably be gone, and I think that'll be good news for the other one as far as you know, staying in St. Louis and getting the money that he wants in free agency. So, ballpark, what do you think at this moment? And I realize they're both trending, so they'd be not necessarily at peak market value, but certainly in a right direction as opposed to, say, a couple of months ago for Jack Flaherty and this time last year for Jordan Montgomery when he was traded from the Yankees. What do you think Montgomery would get at, at 31 years old uh, and currently tied for seventh in the National League with his ERA in the low threes? Well, you know, uh, Tim, uh, Miles Michael signed for two years and 40 million this offseason. So I'm thinking, you know, Montgomery's going to get at least four years. Like, yeah. you're not going to get him for two years. Uh, he's going to be at least $25 million a year, I, I would guess. You know, based on, you know, if Miles Michael is getting $20 million, I would say Montgomery's probably going to get $25 million. He is a six foot six left-hander who is, you know, trending the right way. I think he's got the eighth or ninth best ERA in the National League. He's been consistent. Uh, you know, he went through a rough patch, but most of that was when they weren't scoring runs. So he's been their best pitcher from start to finish this season. And, you know, six foot six lefties don't grow on trees, and he's going to be in high demand. And I think he's going to be in high demand over the next two weeks. I think the Cardinals are going to get a lot of good offers from him that, you know, from teams that are trying to get over the hump and, and, and finish the season strong and make a push in the playoffs. Uh, what do you think Flaherty, if uh, if he was to go on the market right now, what he would be looking at? I would wonder if he's, you know, maybe a tick less. Uh, you know, Jack has more high-end uh, stuff, a higher ceiling. But Jack also has an injury history that, that you know, it, it, that's reality. That's going to count against you. Uh, having missed games is going to count against you. Um, I, I think Jack, you know, this is his first time as a free agent and, and you know, maybe his last time. So he's going to walk four or five years. If he stays in St. Louis, I think he's going to push for, you know, a five-year deal. Uh, you know, this franchise has been hesitant to give pitchers long-term deals, and rightly so. You know, we've seen what happened to Verlander and Scherzer and, and you know, those big high-dollar guys this year. Uh, giving, guys, giving pitchers long-term deals is never a good idea. Uh, you know, I think if the Cardinals could get Jack Flaherty back on a four-year deal, I think they would be tickled with that. Do you think that there is any possibility whatsoever, and your your quote from Jordan Montgomery certainly indicates that it's highly unlikely, at least specific to him, that the Cardinals would attempt to lock one of them in between now and the deadline so that they would know that they're tending to their need of at least three starters for 2024, that they could lock one in and not be risking missing the boat on acquiring assets for them at the trade deadline. Do you think that's in play? 
Yeah, you know, Tim, I asked uh, John Mosley like that, do you need to know where those guys are, you know, before you before the trade deadline? And he said they have a pretty good idea. And, you know, it, it means a lot to a player to be a free agent. This is Jack Flurry's first time to be a free agent. This is Jordan Montgomery's first time to be a free agent. They want to maximize their dollars. They want to pick their spot. You know, so for so many years, they're tied in, they're locked in, they're told where they're going to play. Uh, this is their one chance to, to kind of, you know, pick the spot where they want to go, maximize their dollars. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be a hometown discount for, for Jack Flaherty. Um, you know, the Cardinals have, have pushed with Jack. They've tried to talk to Jack's people about, you know, doing, doing something now. Uh, that doesn't seem to be an option right now. That, that, you know, the Flaherty camp does not seem to be interested in that. They know that, you know, the way to maximize their dollars, the way to maximize the length of the deal is to go into free agency. So, you know, I, that's got to give the Cardinals pause. That's got to make them wonder if, you know, maybe you trade one of these guys because, you know, you get a draft pick, that guy's probably three years away. But if you trade him now, you can get help that can help right now. So that's why I say that uh, I'm not sure they can go into free agency with both of those guys being free being free agents. Uh, maybe you pick the one that you think is most likely to return and trade the other one. John Denton, MLB.com, with us here. I was watching the uh, press conference with John Mazalak a, a few days ago, and when asked about conversations with Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt, he uh, said he wanted to keep those conversations private. Uh, with regards to 2024, that seems to be Mazalak's focal point, is bringing the team back to a point where they're contending in 2024. So a full-on rebuild isn't in play, but Goldschmidt is up after next year. Do you have any indication whatsoever if A, the Cardinals would consider trading him and B, and perhaps even more importantly, because Goldschmidt can nix it right away, if Goldschmidt would be accepting of a trade if it sent him to a team that was in a spot that uh, looked like they would have a real shot at winning a world championship this year? You know, I, th- I think Paul has no desire to leave. Uh, he's here with Nolan Arenado. Uh, kind of as a package deal, you know. If if one of them goes, they both go. Um, you know, John Mazzucchi has said they're going to listen to everybody. When you're open to listening, that means everybody on the table. That doesn't mean you're going to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just find it highly unlikely. You know, John Mazzucchi does not want on his record that he traded Paul Goldschmidt. You know, I mean, the two best acquisitions he's ever made in his career were Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. You don't want to be the guy who got rid of him, especially when he wants to be here. He's still in his prime. Uh, I think it's more likely that Paul Goldschmidt gets a two-year extension than I do that he gets traded. We were talking about that in our first segment today, and and the Cardinals were burned by giving Matt Carpenter an extension when they didn't necessarily need to. Um, do you think that that is something that could come into play and, and we would hear about it relatively soon, or is this something that you would see more likely, uh, say, in the off season? I think that's something that comes later after they get certainty. You know, they don't know yet how much they're going to spend on pitching. They don't know if, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if you go into free agency with Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery, you're looking at $350 million you're going to have to spend on pitching. And that's just two of them. You still need another starter for next season. So I think after all the pitching gets settled, uh, how many prospects you're going to have to give up, how many dollars you're going to have to give up, after all that, then I think they could go to Goldschmidt and entertain possibly a, an extension because – He's the guy, he's the kind of guy you want around your young guys. Like, if you traded Paul Goldschmidt, you would be trying to get another Paul Goldschmidt tomorrow. So, I just don't see 
John Mazalak ever pulling the trigger on getting rid of that guy. Um, one thing that I have been, and it's only been me, so feel free to shut it down uh, immediately. Do you think there's any chance that they would attempt to, and I realize they'd have to eat salary or give away plenty in order to get a team to acquire him, but would trade Wilson Contreras? <laughs> you know, it's funny. We were kind of talking about that on Press Row the other day. And, I mean, the only way you do that is if Mr. DeWitt was willing to swallow $40 million. And I'm, I oh, God. It'd be that much, you think? <laughs> well, then, then, then I think you don't have to go any further if that's the premise. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that kind of tells you where, where that stands. I mean, you know, not now. Maybe later, maybe, you know, a couple years into this thing. And, well, that'll be know, great. There's going to have to be some work done with, with the way he's catching because – uh, you know, it's it, it's a struggle every night with him behind the plate right now, and you know there's a there's a reason why Andrew Kisner is so popular in the in the clubhouse because he you know he does his homework and he's been a good defensive catcher. So uh, you know there's there, there's got to be some changes next season, but I think they're you know this is the guy they gave 87 million to, and they're gonna they're gonna have him for a few years. I mean, I'm telling you, if you're talking about the state of the Cardinals, and I mean that that's a moment on the timeline is what took place this offseason with identifying, and I still it still kind of blows me away, uh, that, that the catching position was identified as the top priority. I recognize Yadier Molina is retiring. I understand that. But it's not like there's five Yadier Molinas just sitting out there, and then you go bid on them, and Wilson Contreras is not Yadier Molina. And we could have said that back in October of 2022. That wasn't a revelation. Uh, and so to pivot off of Sean Murphy and go to Wilson Contreras and now be stuck with an albatross of a contract for a guy who's your central DH and occasional catcher is a real, real pivotal move in the uh, in the organization's free agent history. My goodness. Yeah, I came up with a line the other day. See what you think about this. The Cardinals wanted Sean Murphy. They couldn't get him. They got a Contreras. The Braves wanted Sean Murphy and got rid of a Contreras to get him. Like, that's the difference between the Cardinals yeah. and the Braves. Yeah, I yeah. Like I mean, you're talking about a guy who has just been killing it for the Braves and had a year of control, and the Braves were able to sign him to that extension. It's just, it's such a huge deal when you start looking at allocating payroll. We're talking about pitching and spending money, and you go, okay, you got $20 million committed here. For this guy who, you know, is a DH, and it's nothing personal, of course. None of this is personal. It's just assessing value in a payroll, and you're going, oh, you're stuck with this. That's why I would think if they could do it. But if you're telling me DeWitt's got to eat $40 million, then you know, then I'll, I'll settle in on my, uh, my, my vision for that. You mentioned Helsley and Hicks as well. What do you think the situation is uh, there, John? You know, I think, I think one of those two are, are likely to go. I mean, Helsley's still under control. Uh, you know, he, he he didn't win it. He lost his arbitration case uh, this past summer, this past off season. That did not go over well with him. Did not sit well with him. Uh, he has a history of arm injuries, so the, you know that's going to be a red flag to teams. Jordan Hicks has, has come on and pitched well now, and you know they're going to be 29 other teams lined up to try to get a guy who throws 103 miles an hour. So you know, I, I think that that is a position of strength. Uh, if you look back at some of the trades John Mozeliak has made in the past. They're not those big, you know, move-the-needle, earth-shaking trades. They're about clearing up redundancies. They're about dealing from positions of strength. Uh, you know, that's why you look to deal an outfielder, because you have too many outfielders. You look to deal maybe even Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan, because they kind of repeat one another. Uh, you got three catchers. Maybe you can move one of those. Uh, you have two closers, so maybe you move one of those. It, I would look for those areas for the Cardinals to trade from instead of trying to, you know, blow the market out, out of the water, 
look for them to trade redundancies. Try to clean up redundancies on the roster and see what you can turn that into. If you can turn, if you could turn, uh, you know, Jordan Hicks into a two setup man, you might be better off that way. If you know you're getting healthy back. Final question for you, John. John Denton with us. He's covering the Cardinals and Cubs tonight in the four-game series in Chicago, MLB.com. John Mazalek said something that I thought was pretty eye-opening, especially considering how he said the payroll would go up and that one didn't necessarily uh, live in a beautiful place this offseason when it (laughs) didn't, really. Uh, And that is, uh, they know they're going to have to go out and uh, and go into the free agent market and acquire a a pitcher. And uh, my curiosity Curiosity is considering some of the names who are out there this offseason, if they are thinking they're going to go and try to catch one of the big fish. Uh, any any indication on that? I mean, I realize you're, you're months away and they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do with the trade deadline. But, you know, there's some big names out there. Aaron Nola, Julio Urias, uh, Blake Snell. Do you think the Cardinals would, would be able to and be willing to go that direction? Uh, Tim, I, I do think Blake Snell is, is a name that, that you know, it kind of raises the eyebrows because Blake Snell's been like a 93, 94-mile-an-hour guy his whole career. He's throwing 98 now. Uh, I think he against the Cardinals last season, he hit 96 for the first time in his career. Now he's throwing 98. With the no, you know, the Cardinals for years have been a team that pitches to contact, uses their defense, relies on the shift. Well, there's no shift now. You know, you look at guys like Andre Pallante, like they can't, pitch to contact and rely on ground balls anymore. They need more swing and miss. And a guy like Blake Snell would fit that. But the problem is you need three pitchers. You can't go give $35 million to one guy when you need three pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they do have Adam Wainwright's $17 million coming off the books. Uh, Jack Flaherty's $7 million coming off the books. Jordan Montgomery's $10 million coming off the books. But the problem is you can't go throw $40 million at one guy. You've got to have three starting pitchers for next season. So, you know, you're, you're, you may have to shop in the bargain bin barrel, you know, for a couple of those guys if, if you go and spend all your money on one guy. There it is. John Denton with his perspective on the state of things with the Cardinals as the trade deadline approaches. And the team, meanwhile, tries to win its sixth straight and climb back into the National League Central race. First things first, the climb to 500. We'll see if they can get there. John Denton will be covering it for MLB.com. John, always enjoy our conversations. Thanks so much for the time, sir. All right, Tim. Take care. Thanks. Take it easy. That's John Denton with us here. Your reaction to what he had to say next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party. Holy crap, it's 1059. I'm like, I think I have two minutes and then I just looked. Well, it'll do it. <laughs> this is the Abe Simpson meme. Walk in, walk out. Oh, wow. Well, there it is. I realized, I was like, oh, let me read some text. Great conversation with John Denton. If you missed it, podcast, uh, Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. Uh, yeah, it was worth going along with him, though. We covered sure. a, quite a bit of uh, the Cardinals situation. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and all Toyota 101 Experience. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.